Hi, I'm Orla McGuinness. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> and this is The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other person has not seen, we watch it, and then we meet to discuss it. So this week's film is 1969's Oh, What a Lovely War. And the World War One gets the musical treatment in a series of song and dance vignettes. Throughout it follows the Smith family, stand-ins for the British working class, who initially view the war with sunny optimism. But after the Smith boys witness the reality of trench warfare, their illusions are shattered and the best they can hope for is survival. So the film was directed by Richard Attenborough, produced by Len Dayton and Brian Duffy, uh, written by an uncredited Len Dayton, based on the stage play by Charles Chilton, of the same name, starring Maggie Smith, Dirk Bogard, Phyllis Culvert, Jean-Pierre Cassel, John Clements, John Gilgood, Jack Hawkins, Kenneth Moore, Laurence Olivier, Michael Redgrave, Vanessa Redgrave, Ralph Richardson, Susanna York and John Mills. Everyone. Uh, everyone. My favourite meme. Cinematography by Jerry Turpin. Music by Alfred Ralston. And edited by Kevin Connor. Whew. You got through them. Well, usually I set up the the sheets with the cast and crew. Yeah. And usually I just pick out the the top line. Did you feel the need to put them all in? Well, it's because it's the whole point of the movie almost. The Ensemble. Uh, yes, so this week's film was picked by Ricardo, Quite shockingly, <laughs> a movie that he has spoken about uh, many times in the time I've known him. So Ricardo, why did you pick this film? Oh, because I've been talking about it for, what, eight years and I know you, you still haven't seen it. <laughs> I pretty much probably and co-created then... <laughs> this show just to make you watch it. Based on, yeah, so the amount of times that we'll be sitting about, having a few cans, chatting, and Ricardo goes, that's what you love, lovely war. And I say, no. But now... No, I there was no, no escape. <laughs> there was no escape. As in the Kevin Costner movie, no way out. Uh, but, uh, just a, a background of how I came to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, I was doing uh, for her, the Living Cert history and part of the curriculum is to do a project on any topic that you want that is history related. Yeah. And my topic was uh, oral histories of British soldiers during the Passchendaele campaign in World War One. So I started reading a lot about oral histories, etc., uh, etc. Et and I got to a note that was about two lines long the, about how the British soldiers would get really famous songs at the time and just change the lyrics to uh, match their experience of the war. Yeah. And I found that really interesting. It was like an in point for me on the psychology of the soldiers. And I found out that this movie existed and just took it out to watch it. Didn't even know who was directed by or who was in it. I was just blown away by it. It's uh, one of my favorite movies. Mm. And it is a movie that every time that I watch it, uh, I get something different from the movie i gain more from it and at different points it hits me really hard mm. and like it's the first movie probably that i've picked that if i hadn't seen it this week i could have talked about it as if i had watched it because you've seen it so many times yeah, but i'm happy that i did because i gain even more from it because yeah it, it's actually have been like four years since i last saw it 
which was uh, quite a long time for me. I used to watch That's it like, every time that I was sick. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, but like I, I started Aww. watching the. And also depressing. Yeah, I started watching the, the the movie and I realized that I still remember all the lyrics. Yeah. But it's also because it's music that uh, not only all the music in the movie, and I think it's really important the uh, the first text that appears on screen at the beginning of the movie that it says all the words sang were sung by soldiers in the war yeah yeah as a kind of caveat that it's and also all the statements by the generals all the major statements are yeah, based on real. history so even the most outlandish and satirical statements came from reality it's just the the way that it is it, it is a shame as well from richard attenborough like a director that i quite respect like yeah bridge too far is really good uh gandhi is really good cry freedom is good uh, but he was never as adventurous as he is in this movie mm. in and making this is, them. You, no it's one can say that this movie. is not. And yeah, that's crazy. No one can say that this is not adventurous because yeah. it is. Like there's this. no main characters. There's yeah. no character development. There's no plot. Yeah. All you have is history and music and the language of cinema to bring you along. Yeah. And it's something that like he got into trouble with the actual uh, writer of the of the show because. The writer of the show was so anti-war that no. he wanted not even reference of the uniforms, not to glorify anything. So in the stage show, it's everybody wearing kind of like barbershop quartet kind of uniforms. And yeah, the, the, yeah. The hats mimicking the, the yeah, British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kind hats. of from the sort of the the whole Brighton Pier aspect of it and the shows yeah. that people used to watch and stuff. Like vaudeville kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's not, what's it called? It's not vaudeville, but yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. And, and like he got into trouble because, not into trouble, but disagreement because he shows the actual war. I yeah. think it is the, 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 the correct decision because when the cricket scoreboards go up with hundreds of thousands of dead, it actually makes an impact because you realize where that, that number is coming from. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that it's an adventurous movie. And as well, like, uh, I think it's a fair statement to say that musicals is not exactly your favorite genre. <laughs> I remember leaving La La Land and your biggest criticism was like, I hate when people sing in the movies. That was not my biggest criticism well, one of La La Land. Uh, well, because, uh, the, yeah. But, <laughs> Let's not get into La La Land now. Uh, do we have another hour? <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, I thought that would be an interesting choice because it is a first statement that you're not a huge musical fan maybe the musicals that you grew up watching are more ingrained in you but like a new musical it's harder for you to yeah i mean like there's a few obviously classic ones that you know that like sound music and like in like west side story stuff like that that people grow up with and you know that they are ingrained in your childhood so you, you i don't even really view like the sound of music as a musical it's just it's the sound of music it's like it's its own little kind of entity but um so yeah like i thought it'd be an interesting pick because it's our first musical but also the if it, like any musical usually has at least you can latch on to a character or the plot or whatever besides the music and this is stripping everything back mm. to show just good filmmaking i feel and uh, a good sense of like i'll get more into it but just to finish this rant is um, i knew this is gonna be a long intro 
the Truffaut <clears throat> said that there could be no anti-war movies because just by the, depicting war, you're creating excitement and peril, and mm. and obviously because you're following a main character, uh, even if he's slightly. Um, bad like in platoon or something you still side with the side of yeah, the, the main characters you're following his journey or yeah. whatever yeah and this is quite possibly the closest thing to an altogether anti-war movie that actually shows battles because there's like Le Grande Illusion and stuff like the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. it's just the aftermath and safe to say I'm really curious what you thought of the, about the movie and slightly <laughs> nervous so uh, <laughs> what did you think Orla? <laughs> yeah um yeah because of my uh my background with musicals um obviously i wasn't like expecting to to, to love this um I, I wasn't like expecting to hate it either like i tried to go into this um as open-minded as possible because even though like i know obviously you have a very long history of it and i kind of feel like i have a bit of a history of it as well because the more i watched it the more i was like I have seen an awful lot of the scenes from this just for me, like, you know, putting them on every so often. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I hated this. Um, (laughs) um, and I know that sounds like incredibly, incredibly strong, but, um, obviously like there are a few things to note before I get into this. Uh, first being, I don't know a massive amount about World War One. Um, like most people, it is kind of like it's it's sort of weirdly boxed off, you know, as the Great War, and that's kind of one of the reasons why this film is even exists. That it's like the kind of apathy that people have towards it. It's just you know it's so far in the past. It's not even living in memory anymore. It's like you know it's gone. It's over. So. I don't know a massive amount about the history. I didn't do Leaving Cert history. I don't know if it's on the Leaving Cert history curriculum or... It is, yeah. Yeah, well, like it's, it's, I, I only it's did. more than anything to put in context the rising, I think. Yeah, so... But, uh, of course. But, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't... I don't know a massive amount about it. Um, I don't like musicals. Um, I don't... Um, I also don't like plays. But I'm not a big theatre fan. Um, also, I don't... I'm not a massive fan of the whole, like, soldier song element of, of, and, like, it made me think, it made me think of um, that one scene in Atonement, like, the big massive set piece of uh, Atonement where, like, the Dunkirk and how, you know, they walk down, like, the soldiers singing and it's really powerful. And I was like, part of the reason why that's so powerful is it exists in one moment. This is like the entire movie is that. Yeah. And it's two hours and 20 minutes of that. Yeah. And so I went into this with an awful lot of things that were going to be problems anyways. But I probably could have overcome all those things because... You know, I care about the World War One. I, I care about history. Um, I find I don't have a problem with war movies. I find like a lot of war movies really engaging. I also have no problem with satire and like you know even things like um, Doctor Strangelove or something like that. Like, I have no problem with war satire movies. You know, it just <sighs> oh, basically. My heart. I'm so sorry, but basically <laughs> from the opening scene, like this film is a mess. From the opening scene and, you know, an awful lot is going on in the opening scene because they're basically setting up the whole war. And it's like, you know, they have all their... Well, they're not even like... Um, 
it's not even that they're kind of like uh, proxies. They are like the actual people. And it's like them interacting in this yeah, room. Yeah, home which the worst uh, uh, French uh, yeah, accent well, of we'll, all time. We'll talk later about performances, even though that's very far down my list of problems. Um, and, you know, they're all there and they're all talking and it's all like, you know, mm, the aristocracy and, you know, mm, these people who don't care about all the lives they're killing. And, you know, like, oh, the, the consequences of their stupid actions and everything. And, like, I was trying to keep up with it because I know vaguely the history of World War One, but there's an awful lot going on there. And it's all, they're all walking past each other in this, like, ridiculous room. And um, eventually I was just like, oh, I don't care. I was just like, this, I was like, I know this isn't the entire movie. I know this is just a setup. So just bear with it. Bear with it. So after, like, oh, the overarching problem that I had with this is this is a filmed play. Like, it's not a film. Like, and even just what you were saying about the fact that, like, oh, there's no main characters and there's no real, like, plot. Like, the story is really just, like, the story of the war or whatever. It's like, there's nothing to hold you in this whatsoever. And so, you, <laughs> and you have, like, going back to the whole idea of it being a play, just, like, the whole concept of like at the start when it's there in the room and it's like you know the kind of the white and the kind of and like the lighting and it's so stagey and then you have the whole thing of like Brighton Pier and like this is Britain and like these are like real British people and you know but they're they're going to watch a show and it's like the idea of that in itself of the idea of like the war being like a spectacle that is not an uninteresting idea because like you, that has modern relevance in like modern wars and how modern wars are portrayed and you know like war having a theme tune and all that kind of stuff but just the way it's portrayed in this is just I like gr- I had to grit my teeth because I was just like oh. I know I know I'm sorry I'm so sorry but like I want to talk a bit about character as well because once the kind of the family is established and that whole thing where they all go in and they're like, you know, oh, I'm this, my friend, you know, I'm Johnson, I'm Peterson, I'm this person. George you know, And they all Michael. walk along and they're giving out the tickets and everyone's eating ice cream because they're all going down to watch the show. And it's like, Britain, 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 we're all going to the war, governor. And um, it's like, so like the problem of there being no main characters, I mean, there are main characters, but... I I'd like I don't feel like there are any relationships with the character like they're not characters they're not people they're like except the generals who but even them they're they're so heightened they don't seem like real people even though they're saying the things of like of the real generals they're not acting you know like it's just every conversation just feels like a person standing in the middle of a stage like not even that they're giving any emotion to it that it's just like this matter of fact kind of and like the whole way through it, I'm just thinking, you're just like nailing the on the head constantly what you're doing. And it's like this, this like metaphor of like, you know, apathy and the people home and the lies that you're told whenever people go to war and the reasons for war and, and all this stuff. But it's like, it's so, it's it just felt really shallow because it was so obvious what it was. And that, like, it kind of upset me because it was like, this is a really, like, really important topic. And the idea of trying to make a true anti-war movie, and especially about this war, because this is a war that's so, like, romanticized and 
you know, like the the full true cast, especially like within Britain. This is a British film with British actors. It's a British play. If it's not an American, there's nothing. You know, this is a this is Britain, and it's and the fact that like you know they've written it and they've taken the the words out of the dead soldiers' mouths. You know what I mean? Like all this, it, like that that carries so much weight. And like I'm not going to say that there are not moments in this that are incredibly poignant and incredibly like heartfelt. I'm not like there's nothing like like you know snide or malicious about this movie whatsoever i just think it's horribly misjudged <laughs> but um it, yeah so it kind of like upset me because like i went into it like really really wanting to to feel you know what i mean to feel like because i thought a lot about you know like say uh like another thing that you know i've been introduced to because of you is just like um uh ken burns the civil war and yeah. and how you know they read the letters the real words of, of the soldiers and it's like it's a way of getting into war and like on like the, the the like the real people that level not just talking about like the grandeur of the battles and the you know like the machinery of war it's like the the real real people at the heart of this and the fact that like you know it's it's, it's an entire generation of men that were killed like it's you know it's horrifying but it just oh god before we go any further can i explain my take my response to that uh, um hold on well like uh, i see the there there is a lot more in your notes to tackle <laughs> so is it, we'll take it one by one let's say Let's okay. Uh, okay. Structure it this way: that like, you you complain <laughs> about something, and I'll go why I think that it works that way. Okay, but just okay. I I completely want you to defend it, but you are never going to change my mind. Oh no, no, it's okay. It's, yeah, I'm saying like how I see it more yeah, than anything okay. for the listener to not to sound like an um, an absolute fool for like in this no, movie. No, no, and I don't think you are. It's just, but I am. <laughs> but the. The thing is that, for one, the the eighteen minute opening section, uh, was, eighteen minutes felt yeah, longer. Uh, was made in. It's very accurate, and I don't think it's uh, at least my take wasn't like just the pompousness of it all, because it's bumbling, bumbling your way, bumbling your way into a global yeah, war. Yeah, well, that's clear. Because as it was well, the the, yeah. the first. Like there's a book that uh, John Kennedy read, J- JFK read during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. About the beginning of the World War One called the Guns of August. That was about how nobody thought that there was gonna be a war. Yeah. Well, so they, you they just keep saying that yeah. they're like, "This is not gonna be." Let's. And you know. but what I mean is the especially like even taking history. I didn't really fully understood the beginning of the war as well told in 18 minutes as it is here in the sense of creating like a painting a picture. And the intention of uh, Richard Attenborough for doing it uh, was that he knew that the movie would be longer as any movie is than when it came out, because when it came out, it was still living history. Like soldiers that fought in the war would have been in their 60s and such. Yeah. And like kids that would it would have been part of the British experience let's say in a way that it is not anymore that even the poppy signifies all the wars now when it just signifies yeah, even world war Two yeah. feels so we feel so like distant and removed uh, yeah, from yeah, it yeah. and uh that's the first thing that i think that it was necessary in a way especially like you had some understanding of the war yeah if somebody is going into the, that movie without any understanding of the war they wouldn't understand what's happening afterwards like I, don't in think, the sense, I think if you had no idea what went on in the war, you find this very confusing. 
because it is confusing like even whenever you know the basic players yeah it's all it's like chess pieces moving quite rapidly well like the, and like i think that is a conscious decision to make a few oh, as yeah, confusing yeah, as it was because yeah. if, it, if it made sense everybody would have made but sense at the, same, at the time yeah but at the same time it's like if you're putting it in there to give context it kind of yeah it, it's it's not just that it was confusing that they were bumbling but uh, yeah anyways go on okay the second part that the the choice of like the peer and the the show it's quite a, a significant decision of separating the this surreal world let's say and the the grittier side of the of the the war the, the way that they make the actual battlefield actually look very real mm. and very well staged i think that it's like when i watched it with my mom like years ago she was like so surprised that it was a movie from the 60s really because especially for the the war scenes if you see anything from the 60s about war one and yeah, war yeah. two the, like the effects uh, are quite impressive but not only like the the uniforms the mud like even the the, the shots the the way that it, it shot the amount of camera movement etc that goes into it but going back to the actual message of the movie I thought that it worked because any other movie, let's say, like, obviously <laughs> you brought Ken Burns into this. I think that with the breath, like each episode of the Civil War is about the length of this movie. So I think that it works for his message, let's say, to be as subtle as he is because he has all this time to narrow the entire like four years of the war down this movie is doing it in two hours and 27 minutes so i say if that's a mistake it's a mistake but i think that you couldn't i don't think do that's the problem the but when it comes to i don't think tackling the whole war in two and a half hours is the problem it's how he tackled the whole war in two and a half minutes taking it to the hours. uh to like if you compare this to saving private ryan yeah if you go in cold eyed you don't think precisely coming out of it if you have a context of history you see that it's like how terrible all the soldiers felt in d-day for example yeah but as a filmmaker you're just showing how terrible it was for these guys yeah like these, tom hanks yeah, or yeah, yeah, and i think even attractive stars to make the the fact that even like uh some moments in this movie when the singing starts is like unseen soldiers or the camera it takes time to show the faces of random soldiers completely dejected and sad that I, every time that I watch it, it feels like I'm watching what you said, the the whole group is not just the Smith family. Yeah. And I think that using the soldier songs over and over and as well, like if lyrically, because the songs are played pretty much in order that they would have been written in real life. Yeah. So if you see the change of lyrics from the beginning of the, the movie, that even when they're just questioning, like with that British sense of humor, the, the song starts as like uh, when they ask what we're here is because we're here. And at the end, everything is about death uh, and about that in the beginning, it's like meaningless of the war and of being there. And at the end, it's the meaningless of all the sacrifice. Yeah. And I think that as well, every moment that there's a happy song or uh, a song uh, that is slightly upbeat, it's straight away cut with an image or a very sorrowful song. And I think it's a very effective way of showing the 
psychology of the entire army because uh, like these songs were spread before radio mp3 or whatever it's not like vietnam the the songs of vietnam yeah, 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 would be yeah, in the radio yeah. these lyrics were spread from battalion to battalion to battalion you just be sitting at the side of the the yeah. road resting and when a battalion will like come in many singing. million manners all yeah. singing these songs and yeah like and the, i think that the importance and the poignancy of the songs is not but i think that visually uh like it's complimentary i completely disagree that it feels like watching a play like uh, just the use of uh transitions both oral yeah. and visual uh, are very interesting and way ahead of its time mm. And also the and going back to just to finish the point, going back, to, uh, cutting back to that stagey bit that it keeps cutting back to when the generals are in the pier, mm. like Haig and uh, Sir John French and Richardson and Kitchener, that it shows the separation between the the soldier and the trenches and that uh, yeah, in a way like, that only like Blackadder has uh, done. Yeah, I think. and in just the most farcical irritating way uh, like going back to the um the the stagey aspect of it and like the visual like i will complete like i completely agree with you that visually like as in in camera movement this is very impressive especially for the time like it's really incredibly shot there's some amazing long shots like some of the movement is incredible that's not stagey Everything that's going on within the frame is stagey from the characters, from just the way everything's set up and, and like all these like massive sprawling, like all these extras, all these people. And it just it, and like it, it feels it feels stagey, like every, every single person, they don't look like they are normal people standing in the corner. Uh, you know in the background of the shot like everyone feels like mannequins like they're being shaped and like it's not that I thought it's a conscious choice that the filmmakers made it's not like bad casting or bad acting it's like this is a decision they've made to have it that these are like stand-ins for uh, like they are they are kind of like proxies it's in the description they're kind of proxies for the working class people that died so they're not really individuals they're they're just kind of like little puppets and <laughs> just watching that for two and a half hours is not I find it incredibly I could never get into the yeah. film at any point none of it and as well, it, it got like the, their overuse of like metaphor and their overuse of like, like especially when it comes to death and like the whole thing of the poppies and how that is really, even to not see the movie, the idea of the poppy is very poignant in real life. But in this context, the fact that they keep using the same like motif of the of the poppy for that, death and now you know that, they're going to die. And it's, that, that was uh, not only like, uh, that was one of those filmmaking choices that you had to make because of um restrictions of the time um how so at the time uh pro both um charles chilton who wrote the play <clears throat> uh and the producers of the financiers of the movie because of the nature the nature of the play was completely different than the nature of the movie nature of the play was meant that you left the mo the the play absolutely buoyant and uh, for one, they didn't play the the songs in the order that they would have been sung by the soldiers. Yeah. So at the end, I think the uh, it's a long way to Tipperary would have been the last song. So you leave the theater like really like 
f- fucking pumping the air or something and then when you get home you realize like yeah, how horrible yeah, it was kind like, of thing yeah so the playwright and the financiers of the movie completely disagree with the show of blood on the movie and Attenborough wanted to if he couldn't make it explicit visually as in show gore or gunshot mm. uh, make it very very clear to the audience that somebody was gonna die off screen yeah and then he plays it on and on in the to the fact that as well that your imagination even using the special effects at the time you wouldn't be able to show the gore of the real war mm. so he thought this person is gonna die when they leave the shell hole because they got the poppy on their on their lapel yeah so when they jump out you you hear the machine gun fire especially now as a modern audience that we have seen so many gory war movies in my mind i with the sound of the gunfire i would picture like them just getting torn to bits and i think that is more powerful than what could have been yeah i'm not i don't think that uh i have no problem with i would not want blood in this movie i don't think that would have added anything to it and I, I understand like the reason for doing it but it's it's not that it's just that it's it's really I, I think whenever it's the way within this film I don't know how else he could have done it because in order to show that they were going to die but like get a little stick and put dead on yeah <laughs> like within this film but like you know obviously there are other visual ways of showing that someone is going to die and then still kill them off screen without it having to be so sort of like surreal and and like to give them a poppy and like and whatever about modern and older audiences but like I understand why they do it within this film but it still really annoyed me because it was yeah. just a constant constant kind of motif and and yeah like in the same way that whenever you're watching a modern like gory war movie that it's the constant you know, you become desensitized to it or whatever but like yeah it just it kind of annoyed me but um yeah yeah um even it's uh, the the inter- the other reason that I picked this movie it was be the interesting pick that obviously I'm very aware of Irish history and such but I'm kind of Irish, kind of not Irish. <laughs> so, for example, the way that you were annoyed of like British, British, British kind of like, and I'm, for me, there's nothing funnier in the world than a dumb British aristocrat in a movie. Like you can put it in any moment, in any movie, like Love and Friendship, which is an Irish movie. That has like this really like dumb dumb character that he's like oh, oh what is this strange fruit lifting like a, a piece yeah, yeah and then this is like when you're tiny green balls <laughs> when uh when like Sir John French like uh, Laurence Olivier kills me in this movie for some reason oh no like oh like the he's winking like, at the fucking camera no 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 oh god and uh, we're in Brighton but we're not really in Brighton it's like oh fuck off uh. <laughs> well like even the whole brace of the like that's the thing is that like the, the comments especially having read so many oral histories that cover everything not just the tommies let's say of world war one i i can hear i can like imagine those like the really brazen bit brazen bits when like the like when the general goes oh in the end we're all white men, <laughs> soldiers. <laughs> and, and then he's like, oh, but we got a quite bad headquarters as well. Like, I can't do a British accent. Yeah, there's a lot of real, like... But, these These are, like, pe- British people on steroids. This is, like... 
I can think of nothing more British than everything that's portrayed in yeah. this movie. Which is the point of it, but it's like sickening. It's like it's it, like molasses. You're just like ah. And the movie has other counterpoints to it, especially when the movie came out and the nature of filmmaking at the time. The for example, like Vanessa Redgrave's like pacifist uh, statements and the the inclusion of the the dangers of women. Uh, working in munition factories and the hours that they worked and the fact that they were being emancipated for the first time in British society in a way giving like spending power uh, and such and like the only like big omission of like the the whole picture of the war is the Dominion forces like they show Australians but they don't show Indians you when know? would they have had time to get that in there though like <laughs> oh, they got time to show the australians like even yeah. like a, a little that's true yeah. and as well like they show the americans coming in and they're singing like for, uh over there yeah that's like co-opted by go compare i did love that one moment of whenever like the the like go compare like the you know the general or whatever like the american just walks in and he just comes over to the table and just kind of looks at them it's yeah. not even nothing's even said i was like there there that's how this movie could have been better because no one said anything no one sang it's just like he just gives them a look like well daddy's here you know yeah. it's like get out <laughs> you know which is funny because like afterwards now with however many decades of popular culture that we have of like that same joke of like oh we saved your asses in the war you know what i mean it's like that's funny but and there are funny things in this but Oh, when the, he gets asked to chop off your your man's armor, he's like, "We're gonna hang my fucking bag now." Yeah, that wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, I felt that it's like gallows humor. There's a lot of like really dark humor. I feel. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I would agree with that. First of all, let let's break down the the actual uh, filmmaking of it. Okay, I know that okay. the stagey bit you didn't like yeah was there any one moment you said that you liked of the like visually or that were poignant that you just mentioned it as a blanket statement that there were moments that hit you um, um actually like an earlier scene in the movie like i think that scene in the train station where they keep there's kind of a constant thing of where they keep saying like oh i'll see you on the front but you can't wait to go back to the front you know like it's this kind of like when they're they're all still kind of like you know grinning and bearing it kind of thing of like you know it's still so honorable you know we should really be on the front right now and there's one shot of when they're all standing in the uh in the train station and there's just like a one long shot of a lot of their faces and uh something about that of like i don't know that the kind of the train station and it thing becomes and the, silent uh, uh, yeah like that that was quite powerful i thought um uh, and then, like, there's other moments that you know are I'm like, <laughs> Chris, remind me for this, but like, there's other moments that I know are supposed to be so poignant, and because I knew exactly what was going to happen, it just like the very last shot, yeah, with all the crosses, and it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, they're dead, you know, they're 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 oh, they're gonna lie, oh, crosses, you know, it's like it's just. And I know that it's supposed to be this, like, the whole thing of, like, all the hundreds and thousands of people that died. Of, like, the whole, you know, the visual thing of these little crosses and how many of them there are. And, like, technically that shot is incredible. But it's just, by that point, I was just like, we, we, we know. Yeah, but... I know same- the point. It just, I was like, just sitting there, like, just make me feel... 
want you to just let me fail. Let's, let's see the moments that I felt poignant, okay. and let's see why you didn't feel poignant then. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, in sort of chronological order. Okay. 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 Uh, the like just in a filmmaking point of view, when the so when the, one of the Smith family is like shooting in the shooting gallery. Mm. And the camera starts panning around the rifle and his grandfather is giving him the instructions on how to hold the rifle, how to squeeze the trigger, whatever. And his voice melts into the sergeant's voice. And as it continues to pan, the mm. it goes down the rifle again. And the guy is in army uniform now. And then it cuts to like him being in the, in the battle. Like I felt that was very... Uh, poignant and then especially because the first song that is sung after that in the same like section yeah is like the first soldier that starts going like i don't want to be here kind of thing that as soon as he saw battle is like send for my <laughs> mother send for my sister send for my brother but don't send for me and, yeah no uh, i i mm, po- i didn't feel, I feel like that was very poignant i thought that it was technically really well done particularly that this is 1969 like it's a it's a beautiful blend of like camera work and then like the actual like transition and then like the audio use of audio is audio was a transition of movement between two different times and like reality and you know like this weird surreal half word you know like that that yeah. it's really it's interesting to watch like there are things in them that i was like yeah well that was cool but um at the same time i I, part of that as well is because i don't feel anchored in any of these characters and like the granddad is like just ridiculous and like you know just sort of yeah and that is what that made me always really really sad uh is the scene when the girls recruit the soldiers uh that they're very basically using like their bodies and their yeah, quote-unquote love it's just creepy more than but anything else that actually happened in real life and they didn't go into that much detail in the movie but there was uh, what they called white rose troops that girls would walk around with white roses and if you were a man and you weren't in uniform walking down london mm. oh they give you the white rose, rose yeah, and it's yeah. like to make you ashamed yeah. to join the army and I think it's like straight away, straight away in the beginning of the war, it's like that brainwashing that both sides are like both sexes, let's say, are being equally uh, fooled and destroyed in a way that makes me feel terribly sad that it happened and it still happens depending on the society, you know? Yeah. And I, like it, it makes. That's not in the movie. No, like it, it, it's like it's extra contextual, but like yeah. it's shown in the movie that the girls are using their uh, their sexuality yeah, to and like this weird to, cabaret. Scene. Yeah, that uh, and that song existed. Like girls sang that song to bo- to men. Yeah, to join the army. Yeah, but it's like you join the know, army. It's creepy. You know, it's fucked up. It's just it, I didn't get the impact of it, and that's like uh, that. That whole section of the final push, uh, for whatever you say from the beginning of the movie, I think that uh, the beginning of the, the first half of the movie, there is a lot more of the of the parody and the satirical nature of the war. Yeah, it does stuff. lessen as it goes on. Yeah, like there's it, no carousels at the end. Yeah, but I, I that I felt incredibly moving when the the soldiers like the the. Pup- the puppets not the puppies good god don't kill puppies on screen and uh, when the puppets uh you hear the the sound of machine gun 
and yeah. you see the puppets oh, collapsing. They're actual puppets. And yeah. like the smoke, uh, it's just because it's the same as that that scene in War Horse. That is another war movie that Spielberg did. Yeah. That because it's a twelve, PG twelve or whatever the certificate, that there's a cavalry charge. So when they're charging the Germans, the machine gun fire starts, and Tom Hiddleston is like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you, Jerry," <laughs> and um, the machine gun. But really, st- you should just share some starts. some schnapps with yeah. the Germans. And well, but that happened. Have a as bit well. of banter. And but that happened like it was like uh, uh, like yeah, a but famous. I don't believe it in this context because it just feels fake and weird and. Well, what is like very weird um like but i think i think okay because i wonder if if i had seen not the original stage adaptation of this but obviously adaptations of this now are probably informed by the movie yeah but i can imagine a very stripped back but still honest version of this on stage yeah. and it being very poignant yeah. You know what I mean? Like in the way of modern theatre that it's not, you know what I mean? That it is using things like set design and stuff in much more interesting ways. Like I can imagine that and it being and very haunting with the songs. But because this is such a big production and it, you know, it feels like fucking Lawrence of Arabia or something with all the bloody people and, you know, and like these massive shots and massive sets and, it, you know, like I don't know how much this costs, but it very little. Oh, okay. It's a very low budget production. and that's, It's all shot uh, in Britain, isn't it? It was all shot uh, around Bristol, but like even the like the trenches that were shooting in a, a dung heap, like in the, like in the, in the rubbish pot. Dung like, heap. Yeah. <laughs> dung heap. Uh, dung cork. Uh, they were shooting in, the, in what we call a landfill. Ooh. Uh, because it was the only place that looked like beaten to bits that they couldn't like where the earth has been moved and yeah destroyed that you can't and, yeah. destroy just like acres and like acres of the, the countryside the only like shot that it's really 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 expensive to make was the the snow scenes because that was shot in the height of summer that's all fake snow like it up to the horizon <laughs> fucking fake snow Mm. Uh, but the rest like all the cast uh, w- was like who is who of British cinema they all work for scale like the cheap like yeah, for yeah. whatever it was uh, well Richard Attenborough had a like yeah like he, he had, had a lot a of connections he theatre background yeah. so didn't he yeah like he was like yeah. in a lot of big movie British movies before this like yeah, even so he The had, Great Escape and yeah stuff. he had obviously all that kind of connections so what did you think of the music itself because I'm like really like old timey music like even from like the civil the american civil war time kind of thing and i was fairly familiar with the tunes of the yeah there's a few of them that are quite famous so like just from and like different incarnations of them and stuff but um it's not even it's just that it go they go on like they're such long sequences those music sequences and they don't it doesn't feel like they need to be that long at any point and after a while they become really grating yeah um especially whenever you're not because i mean like you can watch things that have soundtracks of um with music and types of music that you don't like like you know they're soundtracks that i appreciate even though i don't like the music yeah. or whatever but it's like you know like say country music is a perfect example yeah. where like you know i would never what, listen. you're gonna shit on what a lovely <laughs> word then on country music <laughs> no no i would never probably go and listen to country music but there are certain you know 
like walk the line or something yeah you know what i mean where like you completely carry along with it because it, it's part of the world yeah. and in this like because it is so sort of like arch and outside of reality it just yeah it I didn't really enjoy the music, um, which is hard because there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. And that's okay. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, I'm just crying off of screen tears. <laughs> um, One this, single tear. This is like a, never picking another fucking golden goose or whatever I call it. Sacred Jesus cow. <laughs> sacred cow. Never <laughs> pick sacred cows. What's wrong with you? No, but at the same time, I f- it felt that it, it, <laughs> It was time for me, like, in some ways, like, I've been kind died. of picking movies that I felt quite safe about. Yeah, you did say it. that, that you've been, yeah. And well, this, I never pick safe choices. Yeah, so. I know. And you also pick films that you know they're flawed kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, which uh, I think are more fun. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm not surprised you hated the movie. Like, I was just, like, I'd be more surprised if you had liked it. Not that, like, I wish you had liked it. Yeah. But... Like when it came out on DVD, and that's when like I bought it the the week that it came out, which was like timing because of what I was doing in history class. Yeah. But like when it came out, it was like everywhere, like four or five stars, like Empire, Total Film, and when it came out at the time, the only reviewer of note that gave it a bad review was Pauline Kael. <laughs> and like oh. I don't trust Pauline Kael neither do I Jesus she's a witch uh, um, <laughs> I mean like I love her and she's great I like pioneer but Jesus yeah it's like if it's not directed by Sam Peckinpah it's shit yeah she's but she's, um... that's the thing is that when it came out it was <laughs> like uh, <laughs> so the reavers are wrong because uh, some of the reavers said for as long as there are wars this movie will still be relevant uh, things like that and when they came out on DVD uh what like have we the, learned, though? <laughs> well, like, critics are pretty bad sometimes uh, and misread they're, they're, movies. They're not that they're bad. It's just... Well, I happen biased. to agree with like, them in this case. They're biased with, every, like, everybody else. And as well as that, like, you have a very, very strong connection to the idea of the soldier songs and the stories. And, you know what I mean? Like, you have a very, very strong connection to that. And from... Like, in the same way, I think the guy who wrote the play... It was like it was his dad had died in, in the war yeah. and he had to go and find and there was no headstone. There was just like a whole thing of all the names, you know, and like he has. That's this, like why the the final Smith guy that dies like on the last day of the war. Well, uh, even they're called Smith. And when he's going in, the guy, go, the the kind of like organizer of the whole thing uh, goes, oh, are you the unknown soldier? Because the last soldier that died in World War One was the unknown soldier. Nobody knows who he was. Yeah. I can see why people would really like it and why people would really hate it. And I thought that really you would fall in the middle kind of thing. <laughs> so did I, to be perfectly honest with you. I really thought that we were going to like... that. I, I, I really didn't think I was going to dislike it as much as I did. But yeah. And as well, like... And be really, like, annoyed. <laughs> like, not even just the... You know, like the kind of film you're like, oh, I just didn't get that. I just didn't really like yeah. that. But it was like almost more like an irritating and offensive to me because it felt like wasted opportunity. That are you frustrated that it's almost a masterpiece and nearly? No, this is a different thing. <laughs> we have created another thing, <laughs> another uh, reaction type. Um, that's it. that's it. Is it like the worst movies are like. Not even the ones that are like you know like oh it's just offensive. That's just you know whatever. It's the ones that like 
are like wasted opportunities and like something that should have been it's like it should have been a masterpiece you know what i mean yeah. like the like when you lay this out on paper you think like that's crazy but it just might be crazy enough to work yeah you know what i mean and it's it's yeah it's the the old saying if it, if it's stupid and, and it works it's not stupid <laughs> but in this case yeah. it, it is stupid <laughs> in your <laughs> point of view at least stupid is the word i would use to describe it but it, i think what do you think of like at least uh in a directorial standpoint because like if you got a even a more conventional script or different structure to the movie can't deny that it is like a well-directed movie i think like especially yeah. the, the 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 front on the front scenes like in a lot of ways it's not like i don't like it's, it's unconventional in its overall but in like a lot of its direction it's not unconventional i don't think like for the 60s like looking back mm-hmm. at that now like <clears throat> yeah but if you see like even the the use of camera like when home uh, the home fire is burning song is playing mm. that is the soldiers coming back from the first day of passchendaele and you see like the the camera just pans really slowly and have like the ambulance on the horse and cart kind of coming in and then there's this really really long pan where and the camera is tracking as well going into the to the cabins where the soldiers will be kept Oh, and then when with this, the nurse woman. Yeah, and it gets to she like one me. soldier on the, on the, what you call it, in the stretcher. On the stretcher. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, whenever they have to I move him follow, off the stretcher, yeah. that's quite yeah. Actually, yeah, that was like his moment, face, how like, there's yeah. no reaction or anything. But they hold it great. too long. But it was like because as soon as as soon Funny. as just you know the what's line. the name of that actor? Yeah, Colin Farrell. That's weird. <laughs> but like they, it's just. It, it's like it in that little moment even though it's slightly too long it works because like it it's not it's not a whole it's not overly dramatic and it doesn't have the surreal elements are gone within that moment that it's just like where it's we need the stretcher yeah that's literally the, all they say yeah and like that's it he has to move they need the stretcher and you know what i mean it's like it's it's so cold but so like her eyes are like dying like she's uh, you know it's it's really really poignant and like perfect in that little moment yeah. and then like something ridiculous happens afterwards but with and- the music playing in the background <clears throat> i think is a big of the coming in that is as well it's like the song home forest burning is about the home fires like the the home front about, yeah the home like front, keep yeah. the war going and it's like this is what you're keeping it going for and i think that maybe i understand something on that like like having been there with the lyrics and i know the history of the battles of those lyrics might give me more yeah, depth I uh, I, there yeah, is there. yeah like, i think that's probably true but as well i don't think that's entirely it yeah like uh, obviously yeah like uh, yeah. you you seem to have a lot more issues with it than just uh, <laughs> not getting the songs but like for example the the moment that broke me the first time that i watched it yeah that, that i quite watching it that is the most simple part of the the scene because i was doing the it was about passion which is the third battle of eep that the british called wipers just context uh-huh. it the, it cuts from like the fireworks going on top of uh, of the pier yeah and the camera just pans down to the to the sea and you see the reflection of the fireworks but you hear flares yeah 
and you hear this like lonely soldier just singing how he wants to be away from wipers because so snipers won't get at him and because you don't see the face you don't see the character you just see like longing and fear and whatever you don't even see the battlefield you're just imagining it because of the sound and the implication of the of the fireworks reflecting in the water Mm. it was just like a combination of like so many things and we haven't even touched upon it and we are not going to have time to do it (laughs) but i think very quickly that the sound design especially for pre-digital age recording is just insane i've already said that those transitions and most of it that it's incredible i mean that that's like part of the reason why it seems like this is bigger budget that it's not just like the bigger things it's smaller things that are are showing like insane skill and insane like time investment and like attention to detail that you don't see even in modern films and so. it was made out of love not money so in oh, a way yeah. it's kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah, it gives yeah, yeah. me even knowing that gives me more love for this movie <laughs> like i know that it might not work for you but i love that that it's like all these people just like pushing yeah. through because they believed in the project whether that belief was uh, correct to be given to the project or not yeah. is a different it, it, argument it is the kind of like crazy sort of um <laughs> i don't use the word Trap trap. But um, it's like the sort of crazy, ambitious, like folly almost that you do not see now. You know what I mean? Like people do not go down crazy roads like that enough anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, like even if it's a failure, is a, a what do you call uh, Was it like a, a, no- a, a noble failure? Yes. <laughs> On that note. Um... What's your favorite thing, Orla? Uh, if there is any good things. Uh... That you're done with this movie and you don't have to hear me talking about it and try to convince you to watch it. It's not going to stop you talking about it in future, though. Um. <laughs> I think I, I've been. Uh, like, oh, forever silenced. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my favorite thing, probably like some of the camera work and the blocking and, and just like the staging, some of it's really, really incredible. Like, just incredibly long shots and actually made me think of Spielberg quite a lot but um oh, I think there's definitely like connections between Spielberg and Richard Attenborough but um yeah it's someone like there's elements of this that I'm like I, this doesn't feel like 1969 if this had come out in 1939 I'd be like this is ridiculous but there are things those are the kind of elements that make you think this is crazy that this is 1969 that are very impressive and I noticed it as I was watching it it was one of the few like respites okay that's fine Jesus. What, uh, what was your favorite thing like you you talk about it as if like i made you watch martyrs or something um or <laughs> cannibal holocaust or something it's like you made me cannibal me. holocaust is like 80 minutes long dude uh my favorite thing could be like, probably like the the way it deals with like i know that we've disagreed in this point but I think the, the way it deals with the war and the people in the war as one complete body. I think that the main character of the movie is the war. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And I think that it works for me, at least. And I think that because of it, it gave me a better understanding of the war when I already knew a lot of the about the war before going in. And I think good art does that, that even with... Uh, all the context uh, in the world. All the context yeah, in the world. You still you, get you, more. Yeah. Yeah. And every time that I watch it, I get it more because I'm becoming older. So it's no longer that I don't relate so much to the soldiers going to war, just like marching because it's what you're supposed to do. Dulce et decorum est por patrimoni. Good old Wilfredo. 
I, I think that uh, yeah, like that that be it. Uh, uh, it. It gives and gives for me at least. Mm. So um, you can take that away from me, Arla. Uh, oh my God, uh, amongst the many, 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 many issues that you had with the movie, which one was the one that sticked out the most for you? the staginess and okay. like all those elements of theater that i fucking hate that's quite interesting that your favorite and least favorite thing is like how cinematic it is and how stagey it is mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh, <laughs> it's a metaphor <laughs> do not mock me or love sorry oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh, what was your least favorite thing <laughs> but this is the last episode of the recommendation <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Kicks over the chair. Uh, no, I joke. Uh, my least favorite thing uh, really is probably the 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 lost opportunity. Like I do think that the movie, in a way, could have been condensed for about fifteen minutes and probably added the other texture into it. Like I said, like mm. including Indian <laughs> soldiers that like a million Indian soldiers fought and were served in enough. Million. Yeah, in the, in the Western Front. And in all fairness, the British treated them quite well in the war that they had like separate kitchens, but it wasn't like segregated. It was like to have uh, like, you know, Indian like, food. yeah, Indian food. Um, and, and so, but uh, <laughs> In that one instance, they treated the Indians quite yeah, well. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And then denied them freedom. Well and done, then, lady. I do think that Richard Hattemar is quite a humanist as a filmmaker. All of his work uh, yeah, comprises yeah, that. Yeah. And, but the thing I hate the most is the the songs just stick in my head and then I look like an absolute fucking weirdo just walking down O'Connell Street singing fucking World War One tunes belting them at the top of my like it's bad enough that I'm a bad singer but at least if I'm singing Rihanna yeah. or something people know what I'm singing and not just going like I don't want to a bayonet in my belly I don't want to be bollocks shut away I'd rather stay in England no, no. no. Um. okay oh by the way uh, my introduction in the beginning I sang it because this is a musical um, yeah, I know I got that. Um, uh, any final thoughts? <laughs> Don't pick another golden cow um, or whatever. Sacred cow. <laughs> I can't get that. Golden <laughs> goose. Like a golden tick or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, not really. Um, I mean, I am glad I finally saw this to a certain extent because it's, it is one of those things that, you, you know, it's like, you have been trying to get me to watch yeah. this for many years and now I finally have and it's one thing ticked off the list. But uh, also, I'd like to apologize to my poor uh, grandfather because he would have been very ashamed of me because I'm not sure if he ever saw this movie, but he was a very big Blackadder fan and MASH and everything, you know, knew everything about both world wars. If he had seen this, he probably would have liked it. So, well, musical. But either way, yeah. not for not appreciating it, he would have been disappointed with me. So I apologize for that. But other than that, um, no, that's that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's uh, fair enough. I, I do not regret picking it because uh, sometimes this is like interesting as well. It's not always like sometimes as the director of this movie, swing for the fences in our choices, which I, we have. Yeah, ha- like I, I feel very, it got me like, you know what I mean? Like so much of the time that when you watch something, you just feel absolutely nothing either way. And it's yeah. like, you know, you're like a little bit of something or even when it's really good, you feel like a good amount of something. But this yeah. was like boiling over with like feelings. Well, like, <laughs> it, it was fun talking about it though. Like uh, it, in a way it made me feel more comfortable with what I like about yeah. the movie. Well, I, knew I wasn't going to like, I was, you weren't going to change my mind and I wasn't going to change your mind, but that's, that wasn't the point. Yeah, yeah. I could say. Uh, 
just exploring the movie as always and uh, next week uh, we have a special episode the movie is uh, the draftman's contract uh, which is a weighty title a weighty title and uh, the person that picked this movie was not me or Orla it's <gasps> Oshin Murphy from Totally Dublin uh, he'll be here with us next week Woo, friend of the pod friend of the pod uh, like uh, I think it's not a musical but I haven't read anything yeah. about the movie so no, we'll see about me it me neither <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, where can they find us uh, they can find us uh, at the rec game uh, on twitter the recommendation game on facebook the recommendation game at gmail.com on gmail and we're also on Dublin Digital Radio on Mondays 11 to 12 and we're on the, uh, the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud as well. I, I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla McNeilis. Thank you for listening. See you next week.